You learn so much about yourself when you push yourself in sports, primarily because in a lot of sports, there is no like set way. There is no one path to success. Very often there is no coach who can help you, right? Like if it's something more defined like tennis or basketball, that's different. But with a solo sport, it's very much on your own and it's self-discovery. And I had to be independent in like a new way for the first time, more so than grad school. Is there anything else you want to touch on uh, if someone wanted to build a, a better physique? You can start whenever you want. You know, a lot of people will say something like, I'm too old, I'm too busy, I have a job, right? But, you know, like, look at me, right? I was never fat. I'll, I'll give you that disclaimer. But I went from just, you know, a tech nerd to a professional athlete in my 30s, which is considered incredibly old for an athlete. You can make a change. You can improve your lifestyle. You can improve your body. You can improve your health like, at any time point improve what you eat you'll actually look better you'll feel better and then for the working out part if you're going to start working out i always recommend to join a gym and then to find a qualified person to help you the first couple of times right. nothing more demotivating than joining a gym and getting hurt immediately then you're going to oh. think oh man you know fitness is not for me i shouldn't exercise what advice would you give your younger self yeah mm -hmm. and what about you what advice would you give to your younger self younger emily <laughs> Um, you know, I mean, I hate to say this because it doesn't sound very respectful, but I would say do what you want and not what you think will make your parents happy. Mm, 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 mm. No, that's a hard one, though, because you never want to tell someone to like be disrespectful to their parents. Right. But I think, you know, when you powerlifting was the first thing that I wanted to do for myself and I wanted it independent of what anyone else wanted for me. But since no one else wanted it for me, I was completely on my own. But having to do it on my own actually forced me to, like I said, like get to know myself. And it forced me to grow up on another level. So I feel, you know, it made me grow not just as like an athlete, but as, you know, an independent person, as a thinker, as a problem solver. So the internal change for me was far bigger than the external change. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back. If we haven't met before, Great to meet you. My name is Aaron. We tap into the stories of some of the world's most successful people, and not just successful people, ordinary people too, to understand what made them who they are and how they are collectively making our world a better place. If you're looking for dopamine, inspiration, new knowledge, or actions that you can take today to become a better future self, you have come to the right place. To learn more about us, you can head over to our website, www transformativepurpose.com and please don't forget to follow rate and share if you enjoy our content everything you see here is run by myself and a small team and we'll really appreciate it and last but not least our mission is to build a global community to inspire enjoy hey emily welcome um it's great to have you here you're actually the second uh pole athlete that i have on this uh, podcast here. Um, my first one was uh, Angel Angel Wong. Uh, she was the first uh, Hong Kong gymnast who made it to the Olympics um, a few years back. So it's good to have you here. You have a super interesting background. I read from a recent interview, you uh, had a bit of a crisis around 30 and you turned from an engineer to a um, world record holder in powerlifting. So really humble to have you here and uh, we'd love to check out your story and you know what uh, made you become who you are today. Welcome to the Thanks, show. Aaron. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so uh, why don't we just kick off uh, with a bit of introduction about yourself, you know, tell us about, you know, who you are and how you become the person you are today. 
Sure. So my name is Emily Hu. I'm an American-born Taiwanese, a uh, child of Taiwanese immigrants in Silicon Valley. So I don't know, Aaron, are you are you still in Asia or are you in Australia these days? I'm based in Hong Kong right now. Okay, you're in Hong Kong. So yeah. I don't know if you know the stereotypes of like Asian um Asian American, like second generation kids. We uh we get so much pressure from our parents to live out the dreams that they wanted. So I think from a very young age I knew that life was going to be like academics and getting a very steady job. And I, I managed to do pretty well there. I um, went to a good university. I went to Duke. I got a master's in engineering. And then I worked in biotech. And, you know, like, oh, that was pretty good for like an Asian perspective. But then on like the eve of my 29th birthday, I remember thinking, oh, man, is this it? Am I just going to be in a cubicle working hard for like the foreseeable future, like in the same cubicle? And then I, yeah, I kind of had a crisis, like, like you just mentioned. Um, I remembered as a kid, my mom wanted me to focus on school so much that she said, you know, no distractions. Don't, don't do sports. Don't do this. Don't go out too much. And, uh, not competing in sports was really big for my mom. Cause she thought it was kind of like extraneous and not helpful to, to education. But as a kid, I mean, you know, you grew up in the American culture, Americans kind of worship jocks. So I remember thinking like sports are so cool. And then we watched the Olympics. So I'm, I'm jealous of, uh, your, your last pro athlete guest. If I could have been an Olympian in gymnastics, I think I would pick that instead. <laughs> But I remember thinking, oh, man, you know, like, here I am. I'm an adult. School is over. Um, adult life is kind of set and boring. And I don't want it to be that way. You know, I just feel like there's all these things that if I had a second chance to be young again, and if I didn't have parents that I didn't want to disappoint, I probably would have done more things. So I think on top of that was get really good at a sport and compete in it. Yeah. And, you know, when you are approaching 30, you can't do a lot of sports because you're just kind of old. But I always felt like I was pretty good in the gym. I was pretty strong. So I, uh, I lifted weights and then it really helped get a, get a lot of stress out from like the work day. So I, I just remember as I got older, I got stronger and I felt pretty strong. So I thought, you know, those people who do those strongman competitions on, uh, on USPN, ESPN, ESPN, they're pretty cool. So I want to try that. I'm going to try a powerlifting competition because I like the idea of, um, one rep maxing. And I did, um, the year I turned 30, I, quit that biotech job. I traveled a little bit. I um, volunteered abroad, a lot of the things that people do during quarter life crises. But then I entered a powerlifting competition and it was my first time competing as an athlete. It was my first time really actually training for a, an, an event. And I did the competition and not only did I win, but I broke every state record. So that felt really good. And that, I just continued it from there and the rest is history. That's, that's pretty amazing. You know, uh, coming from someone who didn't have a powerlifting background, right? Um, but I also came across that you you are a bit of a gymnast and you also did a bit of martial arts, right? When you were young, yeah, are you still yeah. doing them? Uh, I don't do martial arts anymore. And, you know, I'm way too old and now I'm too bulky for gymnastics. But that was my <laughs> first love. If I could have been a you know collegiate gymnast, I would have greatly preferred that. I don't think I had the body type or the talent. And uh, as a kid, I definitely didn't have the discipline. But both both activities gave me a really good foundation to be uh, a pretty good weightlifter. Yeah, yeah, no, super super interesting. Um, so are you are you are you doing? Have, do you have like a dual career? Are you still in sort of the biotech uh, engineering space, or you have you completely transformed into a different career these days? So you know that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know if I have a dream career, but now I have two careers, so it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, unfortunately, in the states, like outside of like the NBA and like uh, football, 
you know, professional sports do not pay very well, especially not for women. So I'm a professional powerlifter now. And three years after starting, I broke a bunch of world records. Yeah. And being like number one gets you some sponsorships. But even when you win a lot, the prize money is so bad that the whole time I've always kept my corporate job. So I've always done this alongside of a job. And the job has always been like biotech or engineering related. Mm-hmm. So you've got a day job and you power lift at night. Yeah, so I have like a day persona and a night persona. Yeah. Hey, and I also, um, also noticed that you, you made your appearance on a reality TV show. Oh, uh, yeah. Invited by <laughs> Dwayne Johnson on the Titan Games. How was that experience for you? Oh, man. So it was easily, it was uh, the most unique and maybe the worst experience of my life. Uh, yeah. I, I had like full intention to reject the offer when they actually, so they reached out to me and they asked if I wanted to do the show. I have no ambitions of like, being famous or being on TV. I'm like not that type of person. I'm actually kind of shy about those things. And I don't do well under that kind of pressure. So I just knew it was going to be like very stressful. Um, but a few friends of mine encouraged me because they said, you know, you probably won't get this opportunity ever again. It'll be like a very interesting story. It's going to be a very unique experience. So, so I did it, but, um, the whole time it was, it was very stressful and not in the ways you think it would be like with reality TV, they don't tell you anything that's going on and they just kind of throw you in there. I didn't know when I was competing. I didn't know against who. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know like what day or time it would be. Just one one evening at like 10 p.m., they said, okay, you're going. And where did they shoot it? They shot it in L.A., and most people don't know this, but these type of reality TV sporting events, they're shot in the middle of the night because wow. there's too much light pollution otherwise. So I think I competed at 10 p.m., and mm-hmm. then the people after me kept going until about 2 a.m. Jeez, that really screwed up your routine and your schedule. Yeah, I mean, I I choked because I was so tired. But Mm. not surprisingly, the military people did pretty well because they're very well trained to be able to go whenever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So would you ever do it again? (laughs) I mean, probably, quite frankly, but I would complain the whole time. Yeah. I watched a video last night. It was quite quite (laughs) impressive. (laughs) It was was very tiring. <laughs> hey, you mentioned you are the second generation of uh, American Taiwanese who, um, I guess, migrated to the States, right? And you also touched on some of the external pressure you got from yeah. your parents. Um, how, 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 how do your parents view this transition and sort of um, seeing you having this sort of uh, two careers going in parallel at the moment? Oh man, they think I've lost my mind. So when I first started doing this, both of my parents said, why would you do this? You have a great job. You have a great education. Like, why would you distract yourself? You know, you know, Asian parents, they always say stuff like, you know, don't do anything that would risk your job. Like, why would you distract yourself and risk your job? And even when I was winning and having a great time, they would say, well, you know, that's great, but like, don't risk your career for like a hobby. So, you know, I think they're very like practical, pragmatic people. And they grew up in a time when you uh, you couldn't have hobbies, right? Because sometimes survival was uh, questionable. Like mm-hmm. in, Taiwan was a pretty poor place like 50 years ago. So I, I think they still live in that mindset. So they're always concerned that, you know, if I, if I lift too much, then I won't have time to work. And then maybe I'll lose my job. And, you know, no homelessness arises. Yeah. And has their perspective changed? I mean, seeing the, the transforming transformation in you, seeing you appearing on, you know, reality TV and breaking, you know, multiple world records now? You know, I think it finally turned around when I got a job at Google. Because, you know, I, I think for most Asians, Google is like the pinnacle if you're an engineer. 
So then I got, I turned professional in powerlifting and then immediately after I got a job at Google and then my mom was like, okay, you probably have your life under control if Google will hire you. <laughs> what attracted you to Google? Um, you know, they build some pretty cool stuff. Like they, they uh, work on really outlandish projects and when they work out, they're pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's talk about your, uh, your book. I, uh, congratulations, by the way, I, I oh, noticed that you. you recently published your book and it's, uh, on yours too. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, for f- the followers on this show, you guys can go and go to Amazon, check it out. I, I just had a look at it. Uh, 40, over 40 ratings, uh, perfect ratings, five out of five. What is your book about and why'd you write it? So my book is, um, it's called like the Smart Simple Guide to a Better Physique. So it's literally that. It's a guidebook for beginners on health, nutrition, exercise, fitness, and so this book isn't intended for professional powerlifters. This book is actually written for like my school and my tech friends. Mm. So in the States, when the pandemic hit, we, uh, the area I lived in had a really strict quarantine and a lot of people didn't leave their houses for like almost two years. So um, about a year and a half ago, the quarantine started loosening up. And a lot of my friends who were pretty young and healthy going into the pandemic hadn't, you know, they hadn't left their house or moved in a year and a half. So for the first time ever, they were kind of chubby and, you know, like the quarantine was lifting. So they were concerned about being overweight. And so I got a lot of requests at the last minute from friends who had never had to think about this before asking me, well, how do I lose weight really quickly? And how do I exercise? How do I get in shape, you know, for the first time? Cause it's not automatic now. Like now that I'm in my thirties or forties, how do I take care of my health? Yeah. And so, you know, I, I wrote this book with that in mind. It's a great book. Everyone should go check it out. And I want to go a bit deeper on each of these topics. Um, obviously, you know, with an expert yourself. Um, exercises, diets, and nutrition. Let's talk about exercises. You mentioned about, um, you know, your tech friends uh, messaging you wanting to lose weight, right? What, what can, how, how can exercise help? And what are some of the myths around exercise that you might want to clarify for right. the audience today? Well, in general, exercise is very good for longevity. You know, as we get older, we have to think about um, how our organs, how our body will age. So exercise keeps you aging smoother. Um, aging will still be kind of rough sometimes. But I, I think the biggest um, myth I hear is if you exercise, you can eat whatever you want. You know, that's, this is a very, I know in the States, a lot of people believe that. And a lot of people exercise so they can eat more. And when you're young, that might be okay. You know, you, there are a lot of like teenagers who do sports and they can eat whatever they want. They're always skinny. But after a certain age, unless you're running a marathon every day, then you can't do that. And if you're running a marathon every day, your body is probably like broken and also hates you. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of it, a lot of life and like being healthy at an older age is moderation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything comes to a balance, right? So yeah. are you so are you pole marathon or are you you anti marathons? Uh, <laughs> me personally, I don't like running. And you know, I think if if I were to recommend for anyone to run, I would say do it for less than fifteen minutes, but run really fast. Yeah. Yeah. I I so obviously I'm I'm not a pro athlete like yourself, but uh, I do have a similar perspective. I do believe I do believe that everything in life is about balance. Um I mean, if you look at uh, extreme sports, um, I think a lot of people are doing extreme sports for the wrong reason, um, for you know breaking records or 
um, you know, trying to beat their own ego. Um, so personally, I try to go and exercise like two to three times a week. So I look for consistency over the year, uh, rather than doing this one-off um, preparation for for a marathon that I'm trying to that I'm trying to do. It sounds like you have a similar uh, similar perspective on this as well. Um, powerlifting. Um, should anyone go into powerlifting? What was your advice there? <laughs> well, so powerlifting is definitely not moderation. So I don't specifically recommend that in this book. If you're a beginner, yeah, don't, you know, you don't have to powerlift. I personally, I find it really fun. I think for me, the harder I push myself in certain ways, just like the more rewarding it feels. Right. But I get that for some people that may feel like way too taxing on their body. But for other people, it's just really fun. So um, I like the workouts of powerlifting. I think the competition aspect can be pretty involved. So I don't recommend it for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I can imagine the journey uh, of transitioning from your or corporate career into this hobby, uh, as you put it, or, or heavy lifting must have been quite challenging I would oh, expect yeah. it, it was, wasn't a smooth transition, right? Yeah, it, it felt like it felt like um, it, it's interesting. Like I defined it as I felt like growing up a second time because it <laughs> felt like getting to know myself all over again. Yeah. Um, you know, like grad school is hard, engineering's hard, right? But with education, the path to success is very well defined and it's set up for you. All you gotta do is like work hard to follow the steps. But to go from like an adult to a pro athlete. There, there are like in a pro athlete and powerlifting, there are no defined steps. Like nobody can tell you what to do. And, you know, I didn't know any other female powerlifters. So it was very much up to me to like figure it out, either hire the right help or to learn things that I didn't already know myself. So like you, you learn so much about yourself when you push yourself in sports, primarily because in a lot of sports, there is no like set way. There is no one path to success. Very often there is no coach who can help you, right? Like if it's something more defined like tennis or basketball, that's different. But with a solo sport, it's very much on your own and it's self-discovery. And I had to be independent in like a new way for the first time, more so than grad school. Can you share a bit more your strategy or tactics? How did you find your path? I mean, you mentioned a number of uh, challenges. There's no known path Especially sure, yeah. as a grown-up, as a after you turn thirty year old, no one has done it before. You know what have you like? What strategies have you used? Maybe routine goals sure. that you've set you for yeah. yourself. Well, so much of life is really like just good luck. It's like being at the right place at the right time. You know, I think had I decided to power lift at any other time, things could have been so much different. But like I, I mentioned, I was in this biotech job and I was really just not loving it, so I quit the job. And the recruiter for that company called me and said, Hey, I heard you quit and we have to backfill your position. Like what happened? And I said, Oh, you know, I want to change. I, I want to um, take like a gap year to do some fun things. And then he was like, okay, well, what do you have during this time? And I said, well, you know, I've always wanted to compete in a sport. So I want to compete in powerlifting. And at this time I was very thin. I was like your typical small Asian female. So he said, you know, that, that sounds so crazy. You are the skinniest person I know. How are you going to lift anything? But then he also said, it's very, very coincidental that you mentioned powerlifting specifically. And then keep in mind, this is 2012 before the sport got popular. He said, you know, it's, it's so strange you mentioned powerlifting because I know a power, powerlifter, my best friend from high school, just became the world's strongest powerlifter in his weight class. And he happens to live near you. He's also a personal trainer. Let me give you his phone number so he can help you. 
And that was the best coincidence of my life. So that guy not only lived one city away from me, but he wanted to build his own gym and his own coaching brand. And he just broken all these world records, but he wasn't famous yet. So for this year and this one year only, he had time to take like new disciples. And I was his first, I was his first powerlifter that he trained. So he had all this time for me. Had I met him a year later, he would have been too busy to even be taking clients. Ah, uh, got you. Got you. That's, uh, that's interesting. So like yeah. opening up, like, you know, uh, telling other people, um, that what you want to do in life. And you know, like, yeah. like you said, uh, sometimes, you know, we can't anticipate opportunity. It just happens. Right. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people say like, Oh, you know, the universe, like when you, when you make your intentions known, but really, and truly, I think if you are, if you ask people for help, you know, you, you will receive more help. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, on exercise, you mentioned, um, look for, I guess, consistency, competition, powerlifting mm -hmm. is not really for everyone. Um, you've touched briefly on watching out what we eat, right. As we, as we age, yeah. uh, tell us more about that, uh, on the nutrition and diet front. What should people be aware of? Um, are we really, uh, what we are, what we eat, <laughs> you, you know, more, more or less. Yes. Uh, Man, the Western diet is so carb heavy and fatty. So if you want to be healthy, you know, reduce your carbs and reduce how much fat you eat. That's like the first thing. But uh, also, um, you know, I think people need to be more mindful what they eat. Me personally, I, I love to eat. I love sweets. I love snacking. That's my main. That was my main driver for getting into the gym, like in my in my twenties, because I wanted to also like burn off whatever I ate. I think you get to. Uh, an age or maybe like a busyness in life where you can't just work off everything you eat. So then you have to be like more mindful about what you eat and you can't just like eat garbage all the time. So I think really and truly like don't eat so much junk. <laughs> what is, what does diet look like for you these days? Diet. Well, I think it's hard. So during the pandemic, the, the one good thing about the pandemic is I was able to clean up my diet quite a bit. I used to eat out a lot. Um, eating out is pretty unhealthy, especially in the States where everything's very greasy. But typically if I'm at home, you know, I'll try to like sway more towards high protein, a lot of vegetables, less added oil. And then at night, you know, sometimes I go out to eat and then I'll just try to keep it normal. Um, if I'm out with friends, I'll just try to eat normal food, but I'll try my best to keep the alcohol consumption low. Yeah. I find and that if I keep the alcohol consumption low, then I'm more mindful about what I eat. If I drink mm. cocktails and then I'm just, my diet's obliterated. I'm just going to eat everything and anything I want. Like the self-control goes away. Yeah. So if yeah. you really want to lose weight, just cut out all alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I want to ask you about your ecosystem as well. Um, cause I imagine, I guess the, the friends that you were hanging out with, um, their lifestyle would be quite different back in the day compared to what you're, what you have now. Right. I guess it sounds like you're more cognizant about, you know, what you're, what you eat, I guess what you, what you, what you eat, how often you exercise has your, I mean, has your ecosystem changed? Yeah, definitely. I mean, as one would expect now I hang out with mostly fitness people. Um, I would say about 10 years ago, you know, I'd hung out with, uh, just a lot of friends that I knew growing up or like work friends and most of the social activities I was eating or drinking. And then as I got more serious into lifting, when competition was around and I had to keep my weight low. I couldn't drink alcohol because that hurts my performance. And then I couldn't go out to eat as much. So I just couldn't hang out with them as much. Um, yeah. It made me less social in that way. It actually made dating a little bit hard too. But, mm -hmm. you know, I met a lot of friends in the gym. 
And then for a lot of us, our training schedules were very similar. So we'd all have to diet at the same time. So if we went out to eat, we would actually go somewhere healthy and we'd, we'd kind of all suffer together at a restaurant and just eat like fish or chicken. So that, that made it easier because then you're not like the only person not drinking alcohol. <laughs> so the law of attraction is true, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a similar experiences too. Um, I mean, a few years ago, I realized, you know, I started reflecting about the social negativity, uh, you know, where I'm getting most of my negative energy from. And I uh, proactively try to change my ecosystem. I start watching news, for example, for about three years now. Uh, just mainly because I, I haven't been able to learn um, anything uh, great from, from the news outlet. Is there anything else you want to touch on uh, if someone wanted to build a, a better physique? Mm, yeah, I mean, I think you can start whenever you want. You know, a lot of people will say something like, I'm too old, I'm too busy, I have a job, right? But, you know, like, look at me, right? Like, granted, I was never fat. I'll, I'll give you that disclaimer. But I went from just, you know, a tech nerd to a professional athlete in my 30s, which is considered incredibly old for an athlete, right? You can um, you can make a change. You can improve your lifestyle. You can improve your body. You can improve your health, like, at any time point, right? Yeah. So I we, would uh, say that. We need that, to put up like, a before and after photo to show the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually don't have any. <laughs> but, you know, I think anyone can, can improve their physique, improve their health at any age. Yeah. So... If, if you're 50 or 60, yeah, maybe you won't get like six pack abs, mm -hmm. but you can still do a lot to benefit your body. So yeah. I, I don't think people should look at like their age or their current like shape as a, as a constraint, right? Yeah. yeah set exactly. the right expectations based right. on where you are. And what, um, I mean, obviously if people are interested, they can check out your book, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but if people uh, say if they want to do change and have, have a positive change on their physique, right? Where, where should they start? I mean, should they do all three? Should they exercise, um, you know, do some changes on their diets and in, in nutrition? And is that sustainable? What would you recommend? How should they change the system and even their mindset, right? How, sh how can they approach this? Yeah. Well, the easiest thing, if you can't do a lot, is to improve your sleep, right? Most people don't sleep enough. Um, and then after that, I would say improve your diet because most people actually want to lose weight. Most people want to look better. Um, diet is most of that. You, at our age, you can't work off a bad diet. So improve what you eat. You'll actually look better. You'll feel better. And then for the working out part, if you're going to start working out, I always recommend to join a gym and then to find a qualified person to help you the first couple of times. Yeah. Just find a PT, there's right? There's nothing more demotivating than joining a gym and getting hurt immediately. Then you're going to oh. think, oh man, you know, fitness is not for me. I shouldn't exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think that's, uh, that's spot on. Um, I, I remember when I first started gym, I used to have, I used to hire a few PTs to make sure mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing. Um, I mean, the machines, they look incredibly easy to use, but they're not, you can get injuries so easily and right. then it, it, it really demotivates you from, from going back. Hey, thank you for sharing all this, uh, wisdom It's um, it's been a great chat. And, nice. you know, getting to know you and just hearing from you, how you change from your, you know, your, your, your pre 30 year old self to where you are today is just incredible. And I think it's, uh, it's going to be a, a very inspiring for a lot of people who are thinking about, um, having a Drew hobby, you know, so many people, uh, we, uh, we're not doing the things that, um, we're passionate for during the day. Right. Uh, but I, I, I don't think a lot of people are taking enough time to try to build up a hobby or really go out 
their comfort zone like you did, and right, right. that's that's amazing and uh, that's super interesting. Um, is there one question? So I, I started this uh, in the last episode. So I asked all my guests to ask a question um, for the next guest. So I don't know who my next guest is going to be. Uh, this feel that we are lining up in the pipeline. But what's the one question that you want to line um, that you want to ask uh, our next guest? What advice would you give your younger self? Hmm. What advice would you give to your younger self? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what about you? What advice would you give to your younger self, younger Emily? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I hate to say this because it doesn't sound very respectful, but I would say do what you want and not what you think will make your parents happy. Mm, 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 mm. No, that's a hard one, though, because you never want to tell someone to like be disrespectful to their parents. Right. But I think, you know, when you powerlifting was the first thing that I wanted to do for myself and I wanted it independent of what anyone else wanted for me. But since no one else wanted it for me, I was completely on my own. But having to do it on my own actually forced me to, like I said, like get to know myself and it forced me to grow up on another level. So I feel, you know, it made me grow not just as like an athlete, but as, you know, an independent person, as a thinker, as a problem solver. So the internal change for me was far bigger than the external change. Mm. I'm actually a father of two. I've got a four-year-old and a mm-hmm. one-year-old and um, a lot of stuff that you just said really resonate with me and i think it's important whether you're parents or not if even if you interact with children on a daily basis i think it's important um to help your children build the right virtues rather than trying to map the path uh, for them Uh, because i think everyone should have their own path like you said right right right. and the stuff that you said i and uh you know um after being grown up 30 year old you have to sort of figure out everything again and you have no references, all right? You happen to meet the right person at the right time. Um, and that made you, I guess, also motivate you in a way to sort of problem solve, you know, and try to map out, you know, the, the next step, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think a lot of people have that courage, right, to take that first step. Very, I mean, it's very scary the first time. But, you know, once you get started and then if you if and when you emerge, right, you are a much better version of your old self. Yeah, yeah. And did you have your eyes? Sorry, I forgot to ask this earlier. Did you have your mm-hmm. eyes to 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 smash this world records? Like, oh, no. what was <laughs> no, no. so? What was your motivation? Like when you said you wanted to build a um, a hobby, right? You got into yeah. powerlifting. What was? Did, did you have an angle? Like, what was? No, it? I didn't. So in powerlifting, there are three events. There is the squat, the bench, the deadlift. I wanted to see how much I could deadlift. And I had never benched before. And I told my, my coach that I had met through my ex coworker. I said, I've never benched before. I don't think I'm good at it. I don't want to do it. Can I just compete in the deadlift? And he said, you know, if you want to compete, you have to do everything. Just try the bench, see how it goes. And I remember when I broke that state record, I thought, oh, wow, that's pretty impressive. And then as I kept competing, my bench was the best lift by far, like so much better than the other three. And I, I would have never thought that. Like going in, I thought, oh, I'm going to stink at this because I've never... I've never bench pressed before. My pushups aren't good. And it just kept improving so much that um, I think like I was at like maybe 160 pounds and I was like a state record. And I said, you know, if I could bench 200 pounds, that'd be pretty good. That'd be really great. And then I got it. And then the, um, the all-time world record was 231. And I remember thinking, well, 231 is too much for me. But in the gym, two big plates, that's 225. If I could bench 225, that'd be really good. And I'd be happy with that. And then I got that. And then I actually got the world record. And then I kept going and going and going. And every time, it wasn't like 
I was gunning for a goal. It was just, if I could, if I could do this next increment, that'd be very nice. Yeah. Have you got injured before? Um, luckily, no, no big injuries. I've been sore for very, very long time points before, and I thought they were injuries, but luckily no real injuries. Right. Okay. So in powerlifting, there are three types, uh, squat, the deadlift, mm -hmm. and also the, the bench press. Mm -hmm. So you specialize in, in, in bench press and not the other I two, do, right? Yeah. And this right, was like okay. the one thing I thought I was going to stink at and I wanted to avoid. So yeah. it's funny how life changes, you know, you can surprise yourself. Yeah. And this goes back to what you said earlier about this discovering, right? So I, mm -hmm. I'm guessing when you first started off, you, you sort of experiment, experimented all three and then you realize, you know, right. you, you're actually better uh, in, in bench press than the other two, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, thank you. Uh, Emily, th so good to have you uh, today and learning so much about you on your book, you know, uh, your mindset about how you how you broke um, different uh, rail records across different weight classes, your perspectives on uh, exercises, diets and nutritions. And if anyone is interested, and I strongly recommend it, go check out your book on Amazon. And I'll also include some information um, in the episode for people to check out. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you, Emily. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. You too. I hope you enjoyed the chat. I always say our life is very much like discovering what the next chapter is in our own book. And what we do today can change the narrative in the next chapter. Our life, given by nature, is short. But it's not the duration that matters. What matters more is how many meaningful things we can do and how many people we can help in our life. I hope you have gotten some inspiration and new ideas about what you can do differently today. And as you are doing it, remember to also change your ecosystem so that you can sustain it. I firmly believe our world will be a much better place if all of us are focusing on becoming a better future self together with the people we love. See you in the next episode.